Welcome back or welcome to the Single Track Podcast. I'm your host, Finn Melanson, and in this episode, we are talking with Courtney DeWalter, a professional trail runner for Solomon based in Leadville, Colorado, ahead of the 2023 Bandera 100K. Before we get started, this episode is brought to you by Rabbit. Use code SINGLETRACK30 on their website for 30% off your next order. Rabbit will be a presenting sponsor for the Single Track Podcast in 2023, and we will have more details about that partnership in the next few weeks. With that, let's get started. Courtney DeWalter, welcome to the Single Track Podcast. Thank you. Thanks for having me. It's a pleasure to have you here, and I know that the main topic at hand is the Bandera 100K this coming Saturday, but there, this is our first time chatting on the podcast, and there's a few questions I've always wanted to ask you, and the first one, this involves reflecting back a bit on when you first got into the sport. I've always been curious, what did you think was possible for your career? Like, Did you always imagine that becoming a professional and achieving the success you've achieved was was in the realm of possibility or was this going to be a hobby? Can you talk about that? Yeah. No, I had no idea. Um, I didn't know ultra running was a sport. I sort of stumbled into it after a few road marathons and I quickly fell in love with it um, and was like discovering all these new races all the time and having my mind blown that people were doing these courses and, you know, just like traversing these mountains with their feet. I couldn't understand it, but I knew that I loved it and I loved the community. So I wanted to be a part of it right away. Um, But I didn't foresee that I could be a person to run a hundred miles. In fact, the first hundred mile race I did, I dropped out of it at around mile 60 because I convinced myself that I couldn't do a hundred miles and that it was a joke that I was trying and I should just, you know, stop and be okay with running 50 miles. So I, um, yeah, I had no idea. Well, we're in 2022 or sorry, I should say 2023. Now I always we get made that it. confused and yeah, we made it. Um, I'll be calling it 2022 probably for the next two months, but I'm curious based on that, just given where you're at in your career, is there anything you have changed your mind about in terms of what's possible? Because I know that, you know, you're famous for, uh, enjoying sort of like a lack of planning going into races. You kind of like to run intuitively and off field, but when it comes to like goal setting and long-term planning, has anything changed for you? I think the biggest thing ultra running has taught me is um, that the bar we set for ourselves is usually too low and we should, you know, raise it up three notches where it feels like kind of scary and crazy. And that's the thing that we could go after and just mm. see. And, um, Like every time I sign up for a race or, you know, go out for an adventure, I'm trying to always like, it still feels crazy, like that our tiny feet and legs can move us, you know, a hundred miles across a mountain range. That still blows my mind. But to feel that, like, it's a little bit crazy that we're doing this feeling is, um, is what I want. That's fascinating. So even when you think about like the course records you've achieved, the wins you've achieved in retrospect with where your mind's at now, do you think you were setting the bar too low, even in those instances and that there's still more to accomplish? I hope so. I mean, I hope, um, 
to always be looking for my limits, but to never actually find them. So I, whenever I finish something, it never feels like uh, done and dusted. It always feels like, um, you know, enjoy the moment, but then also reflect on like, you know, what could I have changed or what could I try next time or what could, um, what variable could I, you know, work with to see if that helps or not. I, I think that's so interesting and to never feel like something is, uh, you know, done or perfect is important to me. This is a question that I asked Jim Walmsley before UTMB earlier last year. And I think it might be relevant to you because you both came up into the sport at relatively the same time, like in the mid 2010s. Are you, and it seems like you are, but are you as excited and as motivated to get out the door and to push limits as you were in say 2018, 2019? Absolutely. I think more. I think the more I learn about the sport and the more I experience and the more things I do, I just, it, the domino pushed over of wondering, you know, what else is possible? And that line of dominoes, just they keep falling and I keep, you know, wondering where that leads to. Um, so I'm absolutely as excited about it. And I think it's a really fun time in ultra running right now. There's, you know, huge growth in the sport, more people signing up for these races and trying them. Um, more coverage of it, you know, bringing these races to people's living rooms is pretty cool. Um, the women who are crushing distances and races is exciting. So all of it is, uh, I'm still really fired up about it. One more question on this front. I, I love how you've talked about it on the Ritual podcast about the pain cave and, and taking the pickaxe and making the space bigger. We talk a lot about the physical toll of this sport. I think it's interesting to talk as much about the mental as well. Is it as accessible as it's ever been for you mentally to go to the well in races? Have you found that that has been an expanding capability or it has been contracting and you're, it's harder and harder each race to, to go there? For me, I think um, because of this visual I have of it is a cave and when I go into the cave, it's the same cave every race, and I'm going to the very back corners and chiseling to make it bigger. Um, it feels more accessible because it's the same cave. I've made it larger. You know, I want to dive into it every single time, and I want to get to that back corner so that I can make it even more spacious for my next visit. Um, and I still find that really fun, which I think is important for that mental side. It, um, because the mental, like your brain can get really tired. Sometimes after a race, my brain is the most tired part on me and it's my legs are ready to run again. But mm. my brain is like, let's take a week of, you know, eating ice cream on the couch here for a minute. But <laughs> um, I think that being able to um, grow that like mental strength mm. is attached for me visually to this cave. So it feels like I can see the growth there because I have this visual of the cave getting bigger. In your experience, has it been easier to improve physically or mentally as an ultra runner? 
Uh, I don't think either are easy. <laughs> I think um, I understood that running was a physical activity immediately. You know, I understood that what I was undertaking was a physical thing. And I didn't immediately understand that it was also mental. And so it took me a few more years to like grasp the mental game of ultra running and how important our brains are and how important what we tell ourselves in those hard moments is. Yeah. Um, and I more quickly understood that running, you know, is like a thing you can train and you're putting one foot in front of the other, all of those physical aspects of it. This is probably an insanely premature question because you're clearly still at the very height of your powers, but how much longer do you want to keep at this for in terms of being a professional athlete, being highly competitive? Is this just like an era of your life or do you want to play this infinite game if it's possible? I hope to be running my entire life and I hope to be part of the ultra running world for my entire life. I don't, you know, obviously that role will change a lot over the years, but for now I don't um, have any desire to stop pinning on race bibs and uh, giving it my all every single time. So um, for the foreseeable future, I still find this exciting and fun. And I feel, um, yeah, like it's something I want to keep pursuing so that I don't wonder what if. Mm. Switching gears just a little bit. In my mind, you're one of the very few people in the community that have transcended the sport and appealed to a wider audience. I've always been curious, do you welcome the pressure, and I'll use the word responsibility, of being an ambassador at that kind of level? Talk about that if you don't mind. I um, never could have predicted this chapter of my life would happen. Um, and so... My husband and I, while we're in this chapter, are trying to do it as best we can and as full on as we can and enjoy it as much as we can. And um, part of that, yeah, has been like getting to meet people out on the trails or in the grocery store or in the airport and hear a little bit about their story or their goals or, you know, what they're motivated to try. And so that feels really special to be mm. able to connect to people like that. And um, that's part of this chapter that we're in. And I think it's because our sport is so small. It's almost like we're one big family that once you uh, transcend our ecosystem and you become at least somewhat of a public figure, there are unique challenges like you've just described. Do you feel like it's easy to be yourself in this position? Um, I think if you asked anyone who knew me growing up, they would never have predicted that um, I would willingly talk to strangers or talk in public. Like public speaking mortified me when I was growing up and um, mm. yeah, it would make me feel just like sick to my stomach. I would never voluntarily talk basically, but um <laughs> I think because I love ultra running so much, I, I feel really passionate about it. It's easy 
to talk about and it's easy to, um, yeah, I guess like step into a role that I would have never foreseen for myself because um, I'm just so excited about it and love it so much. And so feeling that is like, I want to spread that and I want more people to find the thing that fires them up in the same way. It's funny because I've done 170 something episodes of the podcast and you're probably one of the easiest people to talk to. So oh. <laughs> well, the, the, the idea that it, there was a, an, another era in life where it, it was, you know, you'd prefer not to talk is interesting. Um, <laughs> a couple more questions. So some athletes in your similar position, and this, this can be in basketball, you know, LeBron James, the whole like shut up and dribble type stuff, the Colin Kaepernick stuff. We've seen Killian do some stuff in our sport. Some athletes at your level, they decide to be outspoken on social issues, economic issues, the environment, et cetera. Again, because of your status in the sport, do you feel, do you ever feel pressure to be, to be more than an athlete and to champion initiatives in any particular area? I think currently my big hope um, is to light sparks for people and to help people feel more motivated to step outside their comfort zone mm. or to try something that sounds impossible and just see. And while doing those hard things, to enjoy it, like mm. enjoy the process, enjoy those tough moments we can um, choose our attitudes about things and how, um, you know, we go about living our daily lives. And so that's where I feel I can make the most contribution, like the biggest contribution right now. Um, and so currently, like, that's, that's how I want to, you know, impact the world. Do you but ever get appro do you ever get I, approached by people? Do I get approached by people? Yeah, saying like, you know, help us with this or, you know, give a give a comment here or there. Um not a ton on like the buckets you referenced, I would say. Yeah. Like um yeah, I don't know, but I also hope like you know, I'm a, a growing, evolving human who learns things along my path too. And so mm. who knows, you know, eventually where I'll feel like I can make a big impact on people around me or the world around me. And um, so I hope for all of us, that's always a, you know, moving target of, you know, where we want to focus or how we can, you know, be the domino pusher or, you know, a spark lighter for a web of the community around us. What, and I think you've talked about it in that last question there, but what else do you anticipate is a part of your legacy when it's all said and done? Like either from a performance standpoint or from the way you inspire people, what comes to mind for you right now? In the end of it all? Uh, <laughs> oh man. Um, I don't need anyone to remember a single result or race I did or time or place. Um, but what I hope people will remember about me is um, that I made them smile and that um, I helped them or helped be a tiny, you know, part of their 
story in trying something difficult or pushing themselves to, you know, do something hard. Mm. Um, and I hope to be a model that you can be working really, really hard at something and find the time to enjoy it and find the time to be supportive of people around you. Moving on to Bandera, what brings you to this race? <laughs> I heard they're giving out golden tickets. <laughs> so it's a means to an end. <laughs> no, well, yeah. I mean, I want to race Bandera because I would like to get a bib for Western States. And okay. um, so we'll see if that's possible. But I also love trying new races and I haven't run in the San Antonio area um, so I'm excited to, you know, check out the trails there, hang with that community and uh, have a fun weekend. How's training been going? Can you talk about the last couple months in terms of uh, what's given you positive feedback and that's been making you feel ready for, uh, for this coming Saturday? We will see how training is going on Saturday. <laughs> but um, I... Ended my season at the end of October this past year, and then I uh, did a really full reset for the month of November, a mm. big rest, a big break, recharge, um, and just kind of chill. And so in the month of December, I've basically been just like trying to find some running legs to bring to Texas with me. So we'll see how that went. Reflect. You mentioned Western States and how... Uh... You know, if, the, if, a, if a ticket uh, happens, you'll take it. Is there? I, I also know that you're signed up for Hard Rock. Do you see any potential conflict of interest there in terms of which one you would prioritize in training? Uh, the conflict of interest there is exactly what I want. <laughs> <laughs> I am really intrigued by that double, the Western States Hard Rock double, and um how to stack them together three weeks apart, these 200-mile races that are fairly different um, in their styles and, and what's required from them. So I would love the opportunity to try that for myself and to tinker with, like, what does that training look like going into Western states to be ready for Western states while keeping Hard Rock, you know, in mind and it can't really be on a back burner. That's still yes. on a front burner. Um, and what do those three weeks between look like? So mm. I would love uh, that opportunity. And if I get the chance, um, I mean, I would be racing Western States full on, like that's my only race, but then trying to race Hard Rock the same way that I would if that was my only race. So seeing what's possible with that. You've already had a great day at Western before you've won that race. You almost won it a second time. <clears throat> you could say that injuries curtailed that. Uh, this time around, given that hard rock will also be in the mix, are you still in I shouldn't say are you still. Is, is a course record at Western States on your mind? Or do you feel like maybe there are different things to race for there, given that um, you might want to leave some in the tank for hard rock? If I do the double, I would not try to leave anything in the tank um, at Western States. So I would 
race that like it's all I have for the summer. So give it everything I have. But when I race, I never have a place or a time in mind. So I would just take that day as best I could and finish as best I could with, you know, whatever's dealt um, and see where that lands me. Awesome. Well, Courtney, such a pleasure to have you on the show. Uh, we're excited to follow your race at Bandera here in a couple of days. And of course, excited to see how the rest of the season unfolds. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you. See you on the trails. Thanks for listening. Before we sign off, if you are a fan of the show, please consider supporting us with a rating and a review in your podcast player, a donation on Patreon, or the use of our sponsor discount codes in the show notes. We really appreciate your support. Thank you so much for listening. And until next time, I'm your host, Finn Melanson, and you have been listening to the Single Track Podcast.